All right, guys, welcome back to the Short Story Long Podcast. I'm your host, Sam Derrickson. What's up, guys? <laughs> you struggling? Joined by my Drunky the Clown co-host, Andrew Dial. What do you here. mean? I had one. And you're freaking stumbling. too. Well, I'm trying to hurry up and get okay. stuff put back together from when our last guest was here. Okay, so we're recording a second podcast tonight. Uh, but this will be the first time you hear it. So <laughs> <laughs> thanks for joining us on this uh, wonderful evening here. We're just trying to figure out what the hell we're doing wrong here. But uh, you'd think by now we'd be good at this, but we are no, not. We so. start talking about this podcast about two o'clock on Mondays when we record it. And, and Anyway, I need to, who else are we going to have on here? I feel like we had another good hot lead. Uh, well, we're still working on getting, uh, Brent Wallace on here. Mm-hmm. Um, Ooh. um, anyway, Jeremy Kyle. Yes. Jeremy Kyle is going to be on the podcast. We need to get him on here. Eventually we're going to have him on. Uh, but I have a couple listener emails for you. Oh, snap. Hey, before the listener, well, you, you do listener emails and, uh, <clears throat> we'll move on from there. Okay. So this one's from Dylan Sapp. Okay. Sam. Driving a truck means for podcasts to keep entertained. I believe that was a spell check. Uh, I haven't got this one stuck yet, meaning the truck he's driving. I discovered the podcast after you shared your picture of Jake by the compressor on your personal Facebook, and I started listening to it that night at work. So in about a week, I've binged the entire series. Nice. I think it's great and would love an opportunity to come and talk about my Jeep slash Razor decision and my quote unquote RV setup. You're the only, you were the one who really got me into Jeeps and helped me out a ton when I was young and dumb with no means to buy one outright. Thanks, Dildo. So he sent this picture of when he was riding along with me. He got my tool truck stuck in a ditch in T-Town. <laughs> oh, no. And uh, I apologize to you, Dylan. I was not very kind to you after you made that mistake. <laughs> I can't imagine. You can't. Uh, no. that, that, was, that was a sandpage. Um, <laughs> so, I can only imagine. Um, I, I wrote back. I said, glad you enjoyed it. We'd love to have you on. And he said, that'd be awesome. Name the day and time, and I will be there. So, Dylan, looking forward to having you on. and spilling the tea about how it is to work with Sam. So nice. So he's got, he's on a route then. No, no, he doesn't work for us anymore. Oh, gotcha. Um, he went to work at the prison in Vandalia and then he did something else. I, I have, I guess we'll find out. I've since lost track of him. So he'll have to come on the podcast and, and give us a, uh, an update. What, what did you have? Uh, well, I was going to go off, off on a tangent. If you finish your email, well, I've got another email. We, you do the email. Well, then well, we'll, this email will be a tangent. So you go ahead and do your tangent first. So merch store is live. Okay. That was in the what's new, but yeah, we'll do that. What's new. We have a live merch store. Tell, tell us yeah, about the merch. So store. The merch store is live. So far we've sold to Alaska. Shout out. California. Shout out. And Sam's mom and Sam's sister. Very nice. So we've got the sales are rolling in and uh, we appreciate it. The, the girls at work, of course, you know, this is kind of like this podcast, kind of like a joke. And then all suddenly like we're dropping merch orders 
all the way across the country and the girls at work are like, what is going on? We're kind of a big deal, yeah, ladies. we're on like, the internet. Yeah, this is this is worldwide. So the internet makes the world a small place. It does, it, it very much so. So um, uh, going back to the merch store, we have t-shirts and hoodies and sweatshirts on there. We are in the planning stages of getting some additional items. I think we want to do a huggy. Uh, like maybe we could give them out to our guests or um, maybe people who email in. We could do a mm-hmm. giveaway. I don't know. The giveaway thing was uh, was Jake Helmick's idea. He thinks we should do like a like a like whatever ninety seven nine does the drive time trivia or whatever. Right. Like the first person to email in with the answer to this question or I don't know. We could we could probably figure something out there. So. Um, maybe tumblers, but if you guys have suggestions on what we should put the the logo on, reach out. We would uh, love to hear your ideas on what we should have out there for, I guess, I never thought someone want to buy something with my face <laughs> Yeah, <on>. we, <laughs> <laughs> but here we are. So well, thank you guys very much. We, uh, we really appreciate it. So, yes. Um, so are you done with the merch store? Deal? I guess to get to the merch store right now, the easiest way would be to go to our Facebook page. And there should be a link on there on one of the episodes or email in. We can send it to you or text Sam or whatever. So I am not an admin apparently on the Facebook page because I tried to change the cover photo to our new mm-hmm. uh, logo and it wouldn't let me do that. So okay, we need to. You may get on that. that, and then also like post a link in the. Pa- I, I don't know. I'm not a right. Facebook business guy. You are, wow. so you're on that. Um, you don't have to do it right now. Good. I, God. I'm not. I'm sending myself a reminder to oh. do it. Otherwise, oh, I won't get fantastic. Done. Okay, so second listener email. Um, this is from my sister again. Figures. <laughs> Shout out. We love you. So uh, she's on episode. I don't know what she's on now, but this this is from a couple weeks ago, but. This is episode seven and some car questions. So she says, hey guys, so the first question I have about cars actually, so remember she wrote in and said that we should do like a a Dozer and Sam's opinion and answer questions, right? Okay. Send in a question and like do a Q and A. So her question is, um, this actually comes from an ongoing debate my husband and I keep having. Ryan says that with these newer cars, parentheses, Chevy Equinox, for example, you do not have to get an oil change every three months slash 3,000 miles. He says it's more like five to 6,000 miles. The manual says 3,000 miles, and I have never heard a car officiant say otherwise, but he swears up and down that the dealer told him so. What are your thoughts? Please save our car and marriage. So that's like a de- definitely like a, a Dear Abby type situation. So, so to answer that question, the answer to that is yes. Both and. Both. So yes. there is no such thing as changing your oil too much. Correct. Um, Cody Willenberg and I have a, a saying that oil is cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, so especially in the case of like, my muscle car, for example, my side by side, for example, um, we went to California before I went to California, I did a full service, changed all the fluids and put probably 150 miles on it out there. And I don't know, 12 ish, probably 15 tops hours. 
Um, came back, didn't really do anything with it for a couple of weeks. When we went to that uh, Tennessee trip, did a complete service again. And the interval, I think, is between 30 and 50 hours, depending on what you set it up at. And just because I hadn't made it to that interval doesn't mean I shouldn't change it or should not change it or can't change it. So I think, I don't even know. It's only a couple quarts of oil and a filter and maybe 45 minutes of your time to do. Not a big deal. Um, my muscle car, both any of them, once a year, you know, they get less than a thousand miles, I would say, maybe right at in a year's time. But oil has a tendency to break down. Um, just because there's only 15 miles on your oil change doesn't mean you can go five years between oil changes. Um, but then there's a lot of factors that go into it. So you have your conventional oils, your synthetic oils, your semi-synthetics. And at, at the level that like Ryan's talking about with a newer car, the three to 5,000 mile interval, you're probably using a semi-synthetic or a fully synthetic oil. The limiting factor in that scenario is going to be the oil filter, in my opinion. And obviously, feel free to fact check me. These are just our opinions. Um, and then the other biggest factor in that is also driving conditions. So if you are in commuter traffic in Indianapolis, driving stop and go, you know, in a traffic jam, then straight to a high speed and then back to a traffic jam, then you're going to put more wear on that oil than if you're just on a road trip from here to Indianapolis. Um, the same is true if you are using your vehicle in a extended capacity, like if you're towing. You know, if you're just in a car by itself, you can probably extend your interval. If you're towing heavily, you should probably shorten your interval. Um, diesels can go farther on their oil changes than gas just in general. So like my diesel truck, I go on a 5,000 mile, 5,000 mile interval. My Volkswagen Jetta is on a 10,000 mile interval. Um, those intervals are kind of, I guess, industry standard. Um, the gentleman that I have do the oil change on the Volkswagen Swears by a 10,000 mile oil change. Um, he does a BG chemical oil treatment um, that is designed to do a bunch of different things, but keeps it from burning oil. It, it you know coats the the oil passages and it cleans up the gunk and everything. And he puts a long life oil filter in it. Um, but again, along the same lines, oil's cheap. So at about 8,000 on that one, I'm looking to change it. But that's the car that Amanda drives and she drives a bunch of them. I mean, she drives an hour a day for work. So, I mean, a 10,000 mile interval on that is really only four or five months. Right, and, and our Toyota RAV4 we have uh, for a work vehicle, it's a 10,000 mile oil change interval. And we drive it a lot, so it doesn't take long to get 10,000 miles. But we bought our minivan off my grandma, and it only had like 500 miles on the oil change, but it was from three years ago. Right. Because she doesn't drive anymore. So I went ahead and got the oil changed because of the time. 
So, and, go ahead. So basically, in conclusion, change it as often as you want. Uh, if you're if you're putting a lot of miles on it quick, it's probably okay to go a little over on you know to go on the high side. And you know if it's over a long period of time, probably better off to to change it. In our opinion. And another before we get hate mail, another factor is going to be uh, operating temperature also. Like I have a two mile drive to work. My, my engine isn't even all the way warmed up by the time I get there and shut it off. So by not having a complete heat cycle, you're going to have condensation and moisture build up in your oil. Mm -hmm. That's going to decrease the lubrosity of it and increase engine wear. So in that situation, you'd want to decrease the interval and change your oil more often. So yeah, hopefully that answers the question. So if not, let the hate mail roll in. Yes. Um, then at the end of her email, she said, my thoughts on episode seven are as follows. The, the longest one yet, over 90 minutes, smiley face. Um, I love that during COVID, most people learned to bake bread. However, Dozer chose to break the law with chickens. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, quote, unquote, Las Vegas miles are different than our miles. She thought that was funny. And the, I'm glad you brought that up. I had blocked that out of my mind. She thought that was hilarious too. So <laughs> Which one was that? I this was episode seven. I don't know what she was talking about specifically, but it was when uh, we were talking about chickens and you going wheeling with Jason in Tennessee and me going to Las Vegas. I guess you had brought up something that I had done. And I said I had blocked it out of my mind. Gotcha. So she said, thanks for all you do. Love your big sis. So. Thanks, Tierra. I feel listening. like she needs to be on this podcast sometime. We could have her call in. We could have her call in. We could in. do the call in. I forgot we had that capability. We have that technology. We do indeed. She is just finished her book she was writing. Her is that book, correct? yes. Her book is live on Amazon. And if I would have thought ahead, I would have probably went ahead and printed off some information on that. But her name of her book is Pause, P-A-W-S, like a animal yeah, paw it's, it's a punny it's punny and remember pause and remember and uh it is a fiction novel about a teenage girl and a uh siberian husky and a un unknown war that's been raging for centuries so um if you're into fiction novels uh be uh, on the lookout for that you can get it on instagram uh it's a paperback book and uh, be really uh, supporting one of our supporters. So um, I guess what's what else has been going on? What else is new? Well, uh, maybe for the first time in 10 years, me and you have hung out for four days in a row. Are you sick of me yet? No, not yet. I mean, I was sick of you before I started hanging out. But oh, okay. Got... No sicker than before. Yeah, no, no sicker than before. Okay, okay. So... Um, Friday night, he was looking for something to do. I had the kids while my uh, wife was out of town celebrating one of her friends' birthdays, the 30th birthday. So they're all her friend group are in the dirty 30s now. Mm -hmm. And uh, so Sam's like, what are you doing? I was like, well, I've got the kids, but if you want to come out, you can. So we drank a few beers or Twisted Teas, actually, and, and worked on my Jeep to get it ready. Saturday, <clears throat> Sam morphed into Farmer Sam yep. and helped me get um, all the tractor stuff ready, which was fun. You, you, and 
my father will never listen to this, but you can see what I put up with, right? Like you saw that. Or? Well, so I had every intention of just coming out for an hour and leaving. Mm-hmm. And I love your dad to death, but I felt obligated to stay because I feel like my presence, just just my being there, shortened your adventure by a considerable amount because he seemed like. Well, I mean, I, I've dealt with him for years, but not on the level that you have. And it's just like, it. I felt like he had to overcomplicate things. Yes. And like when we were trying to hook the chain up to the tiller on the bucket. <laughs> yes, yes. I, I, yeah. It's every <laughs> no, day, my man. Oh my gosh. So to, to illustrate this, we had the bush hog on the three point of the tractor, which... 1968 Ford 5000. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have a gear driven tiller for the three point, and you tried to load all both implements and the tractor at one time on the trailer so you could take it over to do food plots later. And the idea was we would chain the uh tiller to the bucket of the tractor and just load it all in one shot. And uh, you come over with a chain and you nosed up to it the bucket, and it was very interesting his approach to getting it chained up Mm -hmm. and every time either you or i tried to explain what he should do with the chain he was doing the exact opposite yes so finally (laughs) went over and got it done but i was like just the whole time everything that he tried to do was not necessarily beneficial to the situation it it may have been detrimental um (laughs) But there was a couple of times me and Sam made eye contact. Yeah. Like, dear God. And and then like, and then the, the whole point is like, you're getting ready to turn his ass loose and the, to do the food plots and, and mow and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. what is he going to tear up? You know Yeah, I mean? no kidding. Uh, that used to be the, the, the big thing is what's going to get tore up. And he don't mind tearing stuff up because then he knows I'm going to fix it, which is unfortunate. But he did mow Sunday when we were jeeping, uh-huh. I said, so what do you think? So mind you, before this, we used to borrow like a 2016 Kubota. Okay. You know, very smooth, very nice machine. And now we've got a 1967 machine. So I asked him, I said, what do you think? He goes, well, it was quite the step back in time. He said, okay. <laughs> That's how he described okay. it. But he got it figured out. Everything what, what, nothing what's, broke. What's so. what's his uh what's his two year plan on that? Is he is he ready to upgrade or is he like no this is going to be okay? He's no this is going to be okay. I foresee us upgrading at some point. Because I mean like I like just knowing what I know about your dad, I could just totally see him being like that was a waste of time. That was stupid. Like I'm taking this and we're gonna go talk to sloans or whoever next week and see what we can do about this. he's been surprisingly positive about the old tractor thing mm-hmm. um which is surprising i think he just has to remember himself i mean it's so silly to have a thirty-five thousand dollar tractor to plant four acres a year right like the 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 seven thousand dollar fifty year old tractor does it too mm-hmm. may not be as comfortable maybe a little bit louder but at the end of the day like you don't need a tractor, a very expensive tractor sitting around 51 weeks of the year. Well, this goes back to like well, Ryan Brandt 
doing his custom farming with his old ass John Deere, you know, combine and uh, you getting a kick out of that. And, you know, he's, he's using basically antique equipment to do all this stuff with and getting arguably just fine results. And especially on a small scale, like not really worried about getting 270 bushel an acre corn, you know, you're just really doing it for the fun of it. And, uh, Tony was talking about on the last podcast that he did about how, uh, or no, 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 it was on TikTok. He was, you know, talking about his new planner and everything. And he was like, you know, if, if, uh, I've got this brand new John Deere planner with all the computers and all the electronics and everything, but then every time the seed guys come out, they do the test plots with an old, like 7,000 John Deere series planner. And then they get like 330 bushel an acre right. corn out of their test plots. And he was like, why don't you just bring me bags of that test seed and I'll just yes. plant my whole farm in that. I'm sure they fertilize the shit out of those test plots. No pun intended. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, it just, it just goes to show like what you said, like it completes the task that is needed to be done. And anything beyond that is just, a creature luxury luxury yeah it's bouginess it's for show yeah so i mean speaking of speaking of uh manure and fertilizer i saw quite the fertilizer quite the manure pump set up the other day okay i sent it to the group message oh yeah the the pickup truck or not the pickup the the two-ton truck my my uncle and my cousin he's a listener shout out to austin they have a manure pump that is a semi truck engine and transmission on a custom made trailer with a big pump connected to the back end. This is just shooting from the hip, but I'm pretty sure it will fill about an eight to ten inch manure line to two hundred psi that's of manure. Mo- that's literally moving shit. Yeah, so they pump millions of gallons of manure a year. I'm sure he'd come on here and tell us all about it, but um. Somebody else, another farmer, had a very similar idea, except they just took a trailer, welded a semi-truck on the top of it, cab, a hood, everything's still there, and they put a manure pump like on the back of the frame, and it was... Basically replaced the axle with a pump. Yes, it yeah. was quite the, quite the setup. So I guess if it gets the job done, then, then that's cool. So I made the comment that it would be super cool if... Uh, you know, like the, the cab seems unnecessary or whatever, but it would be super cool if the air conditioner worked or whatever. Like the guy running the manure pump, like that was the gravy job because you got to sit in the air conditioning while the engine was running. Or right, whatever. which nobody really mans that unit. You just set it up and let fire it Fire it up. And I think uh, like my cousins, they have theirs like to remote shut down. Right. So. So speaking of manure, um, the podcast studio flooded. Oh, yes. Um, a couple weeks ago now that this podcast is out. It doesn't seem too worse for wear, honestly. No, this basement is used to being wet. We said on a previous episode that uh, this podcast studio doubles as an aquarium sometimes. Um, so rewind four years ago, I had the entire 4th Street dug up to have a piece of sewer line replaced. Um, it's an extremely long story, and since this is short story long, I'll give you the cliff notes. Um, had clay tile sewer 
roots got in it where it had cracked and it collapsed and essentially blocked the flow. And then I had a very large rain um, in, it would have been April of, was four years ago, so April of 2019. And the ground pressure was so high that it collapsed the tile. Well, my basement likes to leak when it rains and it typically just goes down to the floor drain and goes out, no big deal. Well, with the drain not draining, it filled my basement with water, came back from, I think, Tennessee or something, was gone for a couple few days, a weekend or whatever. And there was like six or eight inches of water in my basement. Got that all pumped out, got everything figured out. Ended up staying at Cody's house for a week because I had no toilet, no shower, no nothing here. And uh, called a local plumbing company who shall remain nameless at this point. And they came out and they messed around and messed around and messed around and finally decided that that was going to be a collapsed tile and needed replaced. I had a quote that was supposed to be no more than $4,400 was the absolute max out of pocket I would have. There is no circumstance in the world that the cost would ever go over $4,400. So I said, great, do it. Um, they fixed the problem and sent me a bill for 9,800. And, uh, so through the threat of litigation, I was able to settle with them for $5,000 cash and got a new sewer out of the deal. I errantly assumed that that was all new sewer from the corner of my house to the sewer main, which happens to be on the other side of the street. And in Effingham, you're responsible for your sewer line until it taps into the main, which is underneath the road, which is not my property. And um, turns out they just replaced one spot that was damaged and the rest of the tile is still in place and still cracked and still being invaded by roots. I got a roto router from Builder Supply and thought I cleared the blockage, did not clear all the way and it backed up a second time finally got dre's plumbing out they took a look at it got their camera in there got their jetter in there found out that i don't in fact have all new plumbing out to the tap and uh got me cleared up and basically said um it's gonna happen again so just keep our number basically and uh when I was growing up, we had a tile in the front yard of our house when I, that I grew up in that would get clogged all the time. And we just once a year, just as part of yearly maintenance, we'd go to the rental place and get the drain snake and we'd clear the roots out once a year. And that's just what, what it was. So that may be the situation here because to replace it is going to be, I mean, if they, if they wanted 10 grand to do the basically four foot that they did, the, 60 foot to replace it all is going to be astronomically outrageous. So, I mean, I would probably strongly disagree with that though, because the, the, everything else you need to replace doesn't go underneath of a public road. They only replaced half of underneath the road. Oh, the the southbound lane has been replaced. The northbound lane is still tile. That's great. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Sell it. So if you notice over in the corner, I have a, uh, uh, copper sulfate jug there mm-hmm. and uh he recommended just dumping that down the drain once a week and calling it a day so and honestly without copper sulfate 
And while flushing not flushable, flushable wipes, it lasted four years. So now I know to use copper sulfate and not flush flushable wipes because flushable wipes are not flushable. And how's that work? I, everybody knows that, Sam. You're an idiot. You can't flush flushable wipes. Why would you think flushable wipes are flushable? I, pff, I don't in, know. It's in the name. I don't know. It's in the name. So yeah, it's kind of so, like it's kind of like uh, what's his name, um, Ben Shapiro, getting in an argument. What, where does it say that only boys can be in Boy Scouts? He's like, it's in the it's name. It's in the name. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, so that was uh, why we didn't have a podcast a couple of weeks ago. Um. Didn't really want to be. Sam had some shit going on. I did. <laughs> <laughs> had some shit going on. Yes, indeed. So, back to me and Sam's quality time. Sam and I's quality time. We uh, did tractor stuff. He kind of helped me. So, we've got a new tractor and all new implements. And as you know, or may not know, it, you don't just hook implements up to a tractor sometimes like you got to have especially when it's 60 years old yeah you got to have adapters and pins are froze and pto shafts are froze up and stuff needs grease so we went through and greased what we could grease (laughs) (laughs) this goes because my father bought a tube of grease and then left it at the store and walked away after he paid for it um so stuff that could be taken apart and greased by hand we did um, you know, PTO shafts were rusted up cause the stuff had been sitting outside. So we sprayed everything down with fluid film, which worked amazing. Uh, you know, there's burrs on holes for the pins to slide through that we deburred. And uh, I mean, if we wouldn't have spent that two or three hours doing that, it would have just been a nightmare when it came time to actually just, use to it. start using it. Mm-hmm. And I knew that I am old enough at this point. I'm 34 years old that I knew a day needed to be spent just getting ready R and R and stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, you loosen the clutch on the, on the PTO shafts and run them till they slip. That way, you know, your clutches aren't rusted up, you know, froze up with rust. Just, you know, the whole ounce of prevention is a mile of whatever. How I don't know how that all goes. A gallon of something. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, you, I totally get it. You know the thing. Yeah. Corn puff was a bad dude. So, uh, the old saying is, if you do not schedule time for maintenance, your equipment will schedule it for you. Yes. So you scheduled some time for maintenance, and I was glad to be a part of helping out with that. So then the next day, we loaded up and uh, headed to Redbird, which is an off-road park. It's an old coal mine. You know, back when the mining companies were irresponsible, they left this land almost unusable. And it's now an off-road park. So they're kind of, you know, making lemonade out of lemons. And we went there a couple times back in our early jeeping days. I've totaled two razors there. And it's very small park, very tight. I've got more body damage in one afternoon of wheeling there than I did wheeling 200 miles, 250 miles at Winrock. Mm-hmm. So Which it doesn't help we went down ATV trails. Yes, there's some... You have to, can only be 50 inches wide to go down. And we went down them in our Jeeps, not knowing. But um, that was okay. That was a fun time. I had a really good time. I, we, we didn't I, cover much ground, but I think everybody had a good time. I truly enjoyed it. And, and, a, and a lot of it was outlook. Like, I went into it knowing that we had a bunch of kids with us, and we were going to be stopping and hanging out. And, like, 
again, any day off road is, you know, better than a good day at work or whatever. Mm -hmm. So I just, I just had a freaking ball. Uh, The whole, I mean, the whole thing, everything about it, even the drive there and back was fun for me. Yeah. For me too. (laughs) Not not so much for other people. Not so much for other people, but. (laughs) Are we going to talk about that? I don't know. I mean, probably better not because. Okay. You might want to sell it. Anyway, we had we had some issues, and through the help of a few good friends, we got them taken care of. So there's a book we always read our kids. Wyatt loved it. It was The Little Blue Truck. Okay. And basically, the premise of the book is The Little Blue Truck is driving along saying hi to all of his friends. You know, the goat and the horse and the frog and... He's driving and, you know, beep goes blue is, is how it goes. Well, then this big old mean dump truck comes by and basically flicks the middle finger to everybody. <laughs> Don't want to talk to you. I've got a big, important job to do. Uh-huh. So he goes around a curve and gets stuck in the mud. Okay. So little blue truck tries to push him out. Well, little blue truck gets stuck too. So all the animals he was nice to all day come and help push him out. Yeah. And at the end... The whole thing is a lot depends on the helping hands of a few good friends. That's right. And that's what bailed us out. Yeah, so. very much so. Anyway, I uh, which was fun because we were all dads there. So when I made that reference, most people picked up on it. I didn't because I'm not a dad. But um, no, it, it was a good time. The Little Blue Truck is a lit book. It's good is stuff. It, yeah. Is it on audio? Can I? Possibly. <laughs> I mean, I'll just call it and read it to you sometime. I mean... I guarantee you someone is reading it on YouTube, like page by page. Possibly, yes. So, um, Did you listen to the um, the duck wanting grapes? You don't have any kids. You don't know about I it. I don't know any of these stories. Oh, man. so there's, in, Unless they're from my childhood. Like I like the tortoise and the hare, I know that one. So there's like this whole like thing where this, <laughs> this duck goes up to a lemonade stand every day. Wanting grapes. Is this They're a like, joke? No, it's just like a kid's story song. Oh, I'm, thinking, and, I'm thinking about and the every, <laughs> And every day, every day, he goes up and like, do you have any grapes? They're like, no, it's a lemonade stand. It's like, it's like a song, but they're like, fine. They're like, listen, like, they go, next time you ask for grapes, I'm gonna glue. I'm gonna glue your mouth shut, basically, or something like that. So the next day he walks up. Of course, it's like a little catchy jingle, like bop, 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 bop. You know, I don't know how it goes, but it's got a little jingle. It's like up comes the duck, and he's like, "Do you got any?" Because he usually says grapes. He goes glue. And they're like, <laughs> like no. He's like, "You got any grapes?" <laughs> Hell yeah! So then he goes to the store. <laughs> And uh, he's like, I'm going to go buy you grapes. So they go to the store to buy the grapes. They're like, what grapes do you want? He's like, I want lemonade. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and then they do another one about chapstick. And they're they're like, he's like, you got any chapstick? They're like, no, you don't have any chapstick or something. One day they have chapstick at the store. He's like, put it on my bill. (laughs) Jesus. Oh shoot! Me and the parents wild. <laughs> you just get turnt every day yeah. reading these books. <laughs> oh my god! Oh shoot! But yeah, it's a, we ought to do joke. We ought to do an episode of jokes. I, I've got a good one that I heard the other day, and I'm right now I'm racking my brain trying to think of like all the important parts of it. 
So if we want to save it for a joke episode, I'll call the guy who told it to me and like I'll write it down so I don't yeah. mess it up because it, <laughs> I'm still laughing. About I've got it. some pretty off color ones. I guess we could say them all. Oh well, yeah, this one's definitely off color, like like borderline racist and sexist <laughs> and like get you canceled. Like that's my kind of joke. So nice. Yeah. <laughs> I have to tell the, the dolphin joke. The dolphin. That's what I was thinking of when you were telling me about the damn duck. Oh, shoot. Okay. What hmm. else? So, oh, so before my basement flooded, I did some pre-farmer work in at my, at my girlfriend's house. Oh, yes. Yeah. Sam experienced hard physical labor. Yes. So for the first time in a long time, I got <laughs> freaking blisters on my hands from doing manual labor, so that should be illegal. Sam hasn't struggled that much since trying to get through reading class in third grade. That's right. Um, so basically what had happened was there was a big tree in my girlfriend's front yard that the power company took out because it was in the power lines, and uh, they ground the stump out and hauled dirt in and everything. Like, it was done right, but the grass seed didn't take, and... Uh, I had a friend do some landscaping for me at that time. There was a flooding issue in the front yard and ripped all the ditch out and put a big culvert in and solved the drainage issue. And part of the deal was he was going to till up and reseed that spot. And that never happened, scheduling or whatever. And so we were at Rural King bought some grass seed, like, shit, we'll just do this ourselves. Uh, wanted to borrow Dozer's tiller, and then he informed me that it's a 72-inch wide tiller. 90. Sorry, 90-inch wide tiller, and probably a little bit overkill for the what I had misremembered to be like a 48-inch square. Um, ended up being, I don't know, probably seven or 800 square feet that I had to till up with a rear tine tiller that we borrowed from her dad and it was probably a early 60s vintage tiller with very rudimentary controls it was self-propelled but the belt slipped so bad that it only was self-propelled when you didn't want it to be and uh essentially wrestled this tiller for about four hours to till up this section of dirt um hauled I don't know, seven or eight bucket loads of dirt out because it was too much dirt and uh, raked it out, leveled it out, seeded it and put the straw on it and got it all nice and soaked in and got that going and grass is actually sprouting there now. And then we also planted a tree, a little, I think it's a little peach tree because uh, we wanted a flowering tree in the front yard and I let her, you know, like, where do you want this tree? Put it right here. So I mark it out with the spade and the first six shovel like stabs into the ground hit something hard like a rock and i'm like what the hell and she's like well there was a tree here and they took it out and they they pulled fill in there must be rocks in the fill so i pulled freaking softball and bigger size rocks out of this hole and found one of the roots from the tree that had been there was probably the size of a pringles can and I was like, so I'm moving the location of your tree about seven or eight inches that way because I'm not chopping this root up. Got that all put in and 
it's actually still standing up straight without any stakes, so that's cool. Um, good. And uh, then mixed up some Roundup, which I am highly dissatisfied with the level of killing power in today's chemicals. You got to mix it pissing hot. Well, like I Nate Thompson always talks about, he's like, you never meet a person who doesn't describe their chemical mixing as hot. So <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I need to get with some of these equity guys that have like the rinse water or whatever. Like when they clean out their tanks for spraying Roundup on 10,000 acres, like I need a couple ounces of that in a two gallon sprayer. Like that's what I need because you got to spray it three or four times to kill it. Like what happened to agent orange? Like that's what I want. I want DEET. I want agent orange. Isn't agent I want- orange just, um, uh, what was it? Um, two, four D. I don't know what it is. All I know is I, I want to, I want to spray it on a piece of grass or so weed. Do or you buy concentrate or do you buy it pre-mixed concentrate? Oh, well, well, a lot of stuff is getting a, um, uh, tolerance built up to glyphosate. Okay. Which is what Roundup is. Uh-huh. Roundup's just a name brand glyphosate, I think. Yeah, I think so. Fact check me. Let the hate mail come in. Okay. But uh, they like they can't spray it on a lot of fields anymore because the weeds don't react to it. Okay. Well, I'm talking like I want like ground clear. Like, Amanda don't weedy, so I'm spraying against all the landscaping. Mm-hmm. So there's just nothing. Just dirt. They, ma- they, right they make stuff that like sterilizes the soil. And that's what this shit is supposed to be. It's the roundup, like all vegetation killer. And it's not killing nothing. Like it's turn it brown and then it turns green like a week later. Yeah. You need like the, uh, I think I'm just going to buy a, a flamethrower and I'm just going to burn it. Yeah. Like, a, like they make a weed torch. Like we use it for powder coat. Mm-hmm. I'm going to buy one. Let's just burn it. Need to find you somebody who's got some Liberty. That's what they spray on fields now. Okay. It's ultra expensive. Like two gallons of concentrates, like a grand. Uh, Jeremy Sherwood has some and yeah, he'd be the guy to talk to. And he's got like a two gallon jug of it under his, his like workbench or whatever. You know, you have to have a license for that. He probably has it though. He does. His girlfriend dumped it in the two gallon sprayer undiluted oh no he was so pissed like you just put like five hundred dollars worth of chemicals on the driveway wow yeah so they didn't have any weeds not yeah still don't (laughs) got cancer but no weeds (laughs) so uh i so i sprayed some liberty at my old house i kind of got my hands on some liberty mutual and i sprayed it i sprayed it and there must have been a little bit of a wind because I killed damn near half the yard. Nice. Yes. Um. So there's a there's a um, chlorodane is a now illegal um, pesticide. Okay. And my dad tells stories all the time. Like there was a guy that he knew, and I'm sure it's like a I know a guy who knows a guy. Right. Type deal. Like, but like I guess this like he had a, like a Mason jar of chlorodane and it like, it looks like basically black licorice water. Like it's black water and it smells like the stinkiest high heaven chemical you can think of. But it's like, if you spray it anywhere, like you won't have bugs for 10 years, like 
of any kind, like you, like your cattle die, snakes, spiders, nothing. Like no, you won't have any living organism. Like, like that's why they did like bandit. Cause like it, like it's poison. Like it'll kill humans. Like just by looking at it basically. And I guess the story was this guy worked at the chemical company that made it. And it was like, you know, back in the fifties and sixties, a 55 gallon drum was like 70 freaking dollars. You mm-hmm. know? And so this guy, when he built his house, used a whole 55 gallon drum on his foundation and like like he didn't even have like squirrels birds rat like not like nothing lived within a mile of his house basically apparently <laughs> it was like was the story which you know take that for what it's right because it's you know one of those boomer stories mm-hmm. but still like <laughs> like that's like that's the shit that i want i want the stuff that's illegal in in the United States because <laughs> like all, all you damn liberals and you're, and you're, you know, saving the environment. Like, I, you know, I, like I'm all about saving the environment over there, but this environment, I want sterile. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Scorched earth. Yeah. That's like, so I have a rab come and spray here. Cause I, I had some, I saw spiders or whatever. I had bugs when I first got in here and like for, I don't know, two years, I tried doing it myself, like getting the chemicals from, menards or rural king or whatever like trying to spray for spiders and and crickets and everything like crickets in the basement just annoys the shit out of me when i hear a cricket chirp <laughs> oh that would be annoying as hell so i finally broke down i called arab best decision ever i haven't had a you know no spiders no i mean i get house flies and like ladybugs every once in a while but for the most part no bugs and i, I told the guy like i don't have pets i don't have children like i will leave for a week if you want me to like <laughs> spray the harshest chemical you have like i want the shit that's not legal in california you spray that shit in here <laughs> like i want to have to do a secret handshake yeah, to get it, you know yeah what I'm exactly so yeah i i uh i don't really care about the side effects as long as my current problem is solved understandable so what else what else did oh, you just, got going on? We went we went jeeping. That was fun. Um, <sighs> I don't know. I got some Hemi parts ordered. Yeah. Yep. I don't think I'm going to make T-Town Cruise with the Falcon. Okay. We have my father-in-law's Nova tore apart in my garage now, building headers. And we put a new torque converter in it. And we haven't been hitting that very hard. Because he's still busy building a house. Building a house, and I seem to be busy doing stuff all the time, like this podcast for some reason. Um, (laughs) And work. Yeah. So you're talking about, like, your, uh, you know, your chemical, you want to mix it like pissing hot. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Did I add you to the Facebook page of the pissing hot hand loads? Not yet. Oh, my goodness. That's so funny. I'm I've been waiting for the invite. I have not got it yet, but it sounds hilarious. It's basically just a website making fun of like hillbilly boomers that talk about like reloading their gun ammunition too hot on purpose. You know, it's it's got some pretty good quality in there. Well, I have a box of ammunition that I got from a friend of a friend's dad who was a pissing hot hand loader yeah and it was like you say like 45 acp plus p mm-hmm. is like 
extra powder, right? Right. This is plus P plus. Oh, nice. So it's it is what they would consider pissing hot. Pissing hot. Like you know, you shoot like ball ammo and you're like feel the recoil, and then like if you slip one of those in, you're like, damn. So do you remember the time we played shot shell roulette with my uh eight seventy um the TAC fourteen? Yes. Like so you had just a bunch of old shit rounds just in a bucket and we like stuffed them in our shooting vest and like you just had to just whatever it was you put it load it and shoot it was it like, was like three inch slugs and buckshot and three inch high, number high fours. brass yeah oh shoot which so, i bought one of those tac 14s have you shot it yet yes could couldn't really hit anything <laughs> it kind of seemed worthless but it's super cool i mean it is one is top five one of my favorite weapons i mean you don't have to really shoot it for it to be effective that's one of those like you just rack this you know just cock it and well i've said that wave this ever. thing at him yeah just wait <laughs> just wave it at him everybody speaks 12 gauge you know what i'm saying yeah, if you if you rack the action of a pump shotgun it it sends a clear message that you're not fucking around Right. I mean, even Wyatt knows that. Like, Which I I did buy a riot gun. When you picked that up? Uh, well, I was going to do it today, but they're closed on Mondays. Okay. So I found an old high standard riot gun, probably from the 70s, maybe 60s. I don't know. And I uh, bought that because the price, you know, was too low to, to, to not buy. To not buy it. So I'm going to go get that. I just love a shotgun with a shorter barrel, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, need, I need to get back into buying used firearms. Well, you can't really do it anymore. Like the old days on Facebook is a wild west, dude. You could buy and sell a gun a day, you know, or more. I just mean like, Man. like the, like the trade-ins that nobody wants at the gun shop. Like that's well, you what just gotta go. That's what I do. Go by there. That TAC-14 I got was a trade-in. Was it really? Mm-hmm. Are they still, like, not even a thing to buy anymore? Or? No, they got brand new ones sitting on the shelf. Oh, okay. Yep. They're $600. Jesus. How much was yours when you bought it? Like four twenty-five. Mine was four fifty used. Yeah. New, they're like five sixty plus tax. The guy who sold me mine passed away. He died yeah. of COVID. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that sucks. Mm-hmm. So, I uh, I guess I guess we we need to do a just a gun only episode. Talk about guns what, we have. What guns guest would we have for that? I don't know. So if if you are a pissing hot hand loader and you want to be on our gun episode, hit us up. I'm I'm trying to decide. Like, you know, I'd love to have somebody like Kevin McKittrick. Have you ever met him? Mm, I have so not. So we had PK Firearms in Chubbyville. Okay. Dude's got some serious arsenal, man. Like, I don't even know if I'm allowed to say it on the air, like what he has, but he has like all the special like licenses to have all the fun toys. Um, oh, you we need to have Travis Janes. That's what we need to have. Yeah. Um, he's got the gun shop up in Mattoon next to uh, I can't even think of the name of it right now, but it's right next to Bauer Auction there, mm-hmm. where it used to be the go kart place. Yeah, I, I I eyeball it every time I drive by, and I never stop. Uh, it's like Arch Arms. That's what it is, Arch Arms. Uh, he did the seracoding for the that 1911 that I got that he did Robin Egg Blue for me. Okay, 
<laughs> and I don't like it. Travis will never listen to us, but I love you. He, I don't blame you. He's like, I will do that. Like I told him what I wanted. Cause I'm, I've got a gun. I had it Cerakoted Robin egg blue, which is the turquoise for Amanda for mm-hmm. her anniversary or something. And he was like, I'll do it, but you're buying whatever the smallest amount that I can buy. Like you're buying it. Like, cause I'm not going to, I'm never going to use that color again. Right. Like, okay. Like that's fair. Like, and you can see that from the powder coatings. I like if somebody yes. wants like the ugliest color powder coat, like you buy the whole bucket of powder coat, I'll powder coat whatever you want, but you're buying the whole thing. I'm not sitting on this, this product or whatever. Right. So, um, but yeah, he is a uh, he has whatever class three or whatever the thing is that lets you have full auto. Mm-hmm. And uh, he did a thing a couple of years ago at County Line Shooting Center, like where you sign up and pay fifty bucks or whatever, and you can run a mag through a full auto. Like he was doing, he he owns a Thompson that's got you know forty five ACP is full auto, and like you can run a mag through it at the at the indoor range there at, at County Line. And like, that's just like part of what he does is he takes his whatever class three weapons to places and lets people shoot him, which the world needs more people like that. Right. You know what I mean, well, so, I think it sucks. We can't have suppressors in this state. Yeah, that does suck. Like some I, of the most gun unfriendly countries over in Europe require you to have a suppressor. Like it's rude if you don't have one in, in, in the United States. You gotta friggin' pay your two hundred dollar tax and set up a trust fund and all this stuff. And and I I want to go through those steps. Like I've got I've saved several you know articles and emails on like the easiest way to do it. But I have that uh, FN five hundred nine that has a threaded barrel, and I think a suppressed nine millimeter pistol would just be. But you can't you can't even have them in Illinois at all. I even thought, with I thought with a tax stamp you could do it. Not in Illinois. Shoot, my brother-in-law has one out in Wyoming. He elk hunts with a suppressor on his rifle. Unreal. But not in Illinois. I would love it. I mean, I'd love to, like, coyote hunt with one. Just, you know, to save your hearing and, you know, it would, like, you look at the guys in Indiana running suppressors, you have, like, three coyotes come in and you just shoot them all because. You you would think they would they would encourage that. But. Well, the politicians and people who don't really know about guns act like if you have a suppressor, you can just murder everybody, you know, and that's just not how it works. Right, because a suppressor makes them completely silent, like no noise at all. Yeah, it doesn't, though. Yeah, I know. Our listeners may not. A suppressor only decreases the volume and, and muzzle flash. It doesn't right. actually make it doesn't it make it silent. So in Hollywood, when it goes, pew, 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 that's not real. No, because still, you still have a bullet breaking the sound barrier. It's still pretty damn loud. Unless you're shooting subsonic rounds, but still. Even then, you're not, you're not, it's not a completely silent. The only time I've, I've heard a suppressed uh, 22 long rifle out of a pistol, mm-hmm. and the action of the pistol is louder than the bullet, it seems yes. like. It's not, but it's like in comparison to what you're used to listening to, it's like, wow, that's, that's nifty. That's cool. So, um, yeah, uh, yeah. I think we need to have a whole ass gun episode. We need to get a hold of Travis. He may have to call in. He's he's kind of a busy guy too. So yeah, I've kind of forgot about the call in thing. I like having people in studio, but maybe calling's the way to go. Well, I, I mean, it's a good compromise of not having people. You need to set up your sister to call in. Okay. And who else were we gonna? We're talking about John Flowers. Yeah, he needs to call in. 
Um, Brent Wallace needs to be in studio. Dylan Sapp needs to be in Dylan studio. Dylan Sapp, yeah. Get all them people set up. Make a list. Make a list. Check it twice, just like yeah. Santa Claus. That's right. Um, yeah. We have anything else we need to talk about on this one? I guess or? not. I'm running oh. out of gas. It's 10.30 at night. Yeah, you got me out of bed to do this one, so. Hey, you're the one who's got to post this for the people. We got to have something to post. What do you, what kind of hug you got over there? I don't know. St. Louis Blues? Oh, it's got Bud Light on Ooh. it? Yeah. Transgender huggy, I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I I guess we could go down a rabbit hole on that, but we're not going to. I, I think it's a bunch of bullshit. I don't, I don't subscribe to the woke agenda but i i don't think that bud light has ruined their business like their stock took a hit six months from now we'll be like i'll I'll have a bud light at the bar i i I drink anheuser-busch products i will continue to drink anheuser-busch products i am a capitalist pig (laughs) <laughs> I am a free market all the way. You like freedom is freedom. Like I'm, I I'm with Tony Reed on this. Like I should have the freedom to put a suppressor on my pistol. You should have the freedom to decide that you want to put a transgender person on your can and sell it. Like I'm not going to stop you. I'm not going to like the same people who say, you know, whatever, like, it's my right to do whatever I want with my property and so on and so forth are the same people that are getting bent out of shape about what a beer company decides to use for their marketing. Like if freedom is freedom, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's your choice to buy or don't buy the product. It's their choice to use whatever marketing they feel they want to use. And like Tony was saying on his podcast, like maybe they were going after that demographic because their core base customers are eventually going to circle back around and keep drinking their product. Maybe they will, maybe they won't, but maybe, you know, somebody way smarter than me ran the numbers like, okay, we're going to lose this many people, but we're going to gain this many people. So it's a net positive. And, you know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes? I don't, but I'm not going to let it affect my life right. because if you go down that rabbit hole, like um, there was a thing like I love my KitchenAid mixer. I love my KitchenAid stove. Well, KitchenAid is just as woke as any other company. And then like it's going around on Facebook, like all these, all these breweries have some kind of LGBT, whatever marketing campaign. Every, everyone does. I mean, it's just, the society that we live in these days. So I, I believe in freedom. If you want to drink Bud Light, drink Bud Light. If you don't drink something else, you know, or make your own damn beer. You know, you, you make your own beer and you can decide what to put on the can. You know, if you don't like it, don't buy it, you know? Yeah. And I think in situations like that, you, you always need to look at what else is going on. What is this a distraction from? Oh, which gets into like conspiracy theories. You know, and it reminds me of that, like, TikTok. It's like, you don't believe in any conspiracy theories? Like, you think the government just I, here batting a thousand? <laughs> telling the whole truth. <laughs> I can see not all ex- conspiracy theories, or not most conspiracy theories, but you don't believe in 
any conspiracy theories. Like they're, you just out here think the government is batting a thousand and telling us the truth about everything. That's a strong stance. Was, was that the same guy that was like, I'm a dad and I can tell you that I don't always tell the truth. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, <laughs> sometimes you got to lie. <laughs> no, you can get into like earth. is just, you what? know, just an experiment run by aliens at the Antarctic and like lizard people. You can get into some pretty, you can get pretty deep. I mean, I, I don't understand. Like I watched, I rewatched, um, uh, inception again. Um, the other night, have you seen that movie? I have not. So for the people who have not, um, it's got Leonardo DiCaprio in it. And essentially he is a thief, but what he steals is information out of people's minds. So they've got a device that like pumps you with some kind of anesthesia and it links our dreams together. Like I can go into your dreams and I can access parts of your subconscious that has like secrets and information in it for like corporate espionage or whatever. And it goes down this huge long rabbit hole of basically like dreams within dreams and like what your subconscious is and like, well, maybe, maybe we're all just dreaming right now in a shared dream and like dying, you actually wake up and like the reality is waiting for us after we die. You know what I mean? Like, isn't that like a statistically possible? Does it in, in the multiverse theory? Absolutely. Yeah. Like I think Jared Sarver was talking to me like the chances of all this being a dream is higher than it being real or something. Well, uh, and you can get like real deep into that, like multidimensional stuff, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really hard to wrap your mind around. Like in the multiverse theory, there is a dimension in which the short story long podcast has better ratings than Joe Rogan's. Yes. It's like statistically <laughs> possible. <laughs> and you know, they get in to talk about, uh, was it Neil deGrasse? That's that's how I've oh. always heard it pronounced. You know, he talks talks. about like the small world thing. Like you see somebody from Effingham on the other side of the world and you're like, wow, small world. What are the chances? He's like, it's statistically more possible that you will see somebody, you know, across the world than you won't. Which I don't know if I completely subscribe to that. Cause I've been a lot of places that I've never seen people you know what i mean like i've mm -hmm. i've not met a lot of people you know what i mean but i don't know but that being said that being said going back to our las vegas episode the graffiti did i tell that story i don't think so no so we go into um what's the name of that bar damn it it's freaking it's lost on me the it's the biker bar there just off of fremont um uh hogs and heifers <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> all right then and uh, so our friends, Jeremy and Bailey, they went to Vegas a couple years ago. And in the ladies' room, like at both bathrooms, like there's graffiti everywhere. I mean, it's just all it is. It's like that's the artwork is the graffiti. And in the ladies' room, Bailey was Snapchatting us like, check out stall number two. My name is there, like Bailey Hearts Mooch or whatever. And so she goes into stall number two and she can't find it, can't find it. Well... Next time she goes to the bathroom, she goes into stall number three, 
And she's like, screw it. I'm going to put our names on there. So she puts Sam and Amanda, whatever, 2022 or whatever she put on there Mm -hmm. and sent a Snapchat of it to our, like our group chat, like of her little graffiti she put on there. Comes back, have a few more beers. She goes back to the restroom and goes to stall number three again. And like six inches away from her graffiti, she found Bailey and Mooch. Like it, like Bailey remembered the wrong stall. So she oh, nice. accidentally put our graffiti right next to Bailey and Mooch. Is like, okay, like uh, the small world thing, like that's a thing. You know what I mean? So we didn't meet Mooch and Bailey, people we knew in Las Vegas, but we accidentally put our graffiti six inches away from theirs from years ago. You know what I mean? Like that, that kind of thing. I could see, you know, I could, I could see that whole small world theory being a thing. So, and then, then doppelgangers. So I, the, one of the bouncers there looked just like one of my customers, Craig Johns. Like I had to do a triple take. Like I was like, what the hell is Craig doing here? And I text him. I was like, are you in Vegas? He's like, what are you talking about? And I sent him a picture. This dude. He's like, holy shit. So I took, I took a selfie with him and it was like, basically spitting image of this dude mm-hmm. it's hilarious so i don't know that's that's like i don't i don't want to say like god ran out of faces but may, <laughs> maybe he got lazy on a day or two you know what i'm saying Fair enough. <laughs> well then you see like all the like back to conspiracies like all the celebrities that like they have like this like civil war photographs of like nicholas cage you know what i mean like he's yeah. immortal or whatever because he drinks children's blood or whatever <laughs> whatever the conspiracy they're is they're definitely drinking kids blood though. well that's that's a real thing that's a real thing but like as far as living forever not real sure about that but um yeah anyway um i'm wore out we're out all right well guys uh thanks for riding along with us on this one and yep. uh We'll have to, we'll have to get some more guests on here, and we'll we'll do some of these podcasts we keep talking about. We'll do the gun one. We'll do the yeah. We got some good ideas for people, so for guests. The dad jokes one, I think, is gonna be hilarious. I I'm I'm looking forward to we that. Should one. Just do jokes ones in in general. Just just jokes, just all kind of jokes. jokes. Dad jokes, yeah. Okay, well, guys, thanks for riding along with us, and uh, don't forget to email us at askshortstorylong at gmail Get a hold of us on Facebook. Um, and don't forget to check out the merch store. We're going to have Dozer church up the old Facebook post. So, guys, been real. We'll see you on the next one. See you guys later. Do you want to go to heaven tonight? Leave the evidence for-